0: Welcome to worship. My name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here at Faith. It's my privilege to welcome you to worship. If you are online today, worshiping with us or here in person, so good either way to have you with us today. We're, uh, we're continuing with the Easter season. I mean, really every Sunday is supposed to be a celebration of Easter all through the year, but uh, we're especially in the season when we're recognizing and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is I always say the centerpiece of our faith, our Christian faith, that Jesus is alive after being killed on the cross, and uh, so we're continuing in this series in the in the season and a series we're calling "Rejoice," and there is so much to rejoice about because God is so very good and He gives us uh, hope and confidence in our faith. As um, as I always like to say, death does not get the last word, and that is something that makes all the difference in the world. So uh, a few things before we get started, as far as announcements. Coming up this next Friday, right here at Celebration Lutheran School, right here in the worship center, is uh, gonna be the the annual school musical, uh, Agape League. That's at six o'clock on Friday. Uh, If you're able to join, that would be amazing. Um, See the the kids' work that they put into the musical. Uh, Also uh, coming up, Next weekend is a little spruce-up project. Um, You might remember that back in October, we had uh, what we called Faith in Action Weekend. And we like to do a little bit more of faith in action type of projects around our community throughout the year, not just one time where everybody goes out. But we have some work being done on a spruce-up project for some aging members in our community. So if you'd like to help out with that, uh, there should be information in your bulletin about that. Also, coming up next weekend, um, not this weekend, but next, on Saturday after worship, uh, here at Celebration, on Sunday after our late service over at our Faith Ministry Center, and on Monday night after worship, we have a series of congregational forums. The idea of that is to share some information about what's going on in the life of Faith Lutheran and get some feedback on all that. Uh, We're looking at uh, asking the congregation to Engage in a capital campaign where we raise a significant amount of money to help with some projects that need to be done around our facilities and some other things. So we want to be able to share that information with you, and then again, solicit some feedback. And so that's your chance before our annual meeting in May to share your take on those things that we'll be sharing at our congregational forums. So again. That'll be Saturday after worship, Sunday after our late service at faith, and on, at faith at our, after our Monday service next weekend. Um, in August, we're going to be sending a group of members down to Guatemala at, on a mission trip to our partner village in El Aragonal. And there's still a little bit of room for uh, a few more people to join on that trip. So um, check that out as well in our announcements and online in the announcements there. And then finally, a week from this Thursday, so not this Thursday, but the following week, is uh, the first Thursday of May, May 4th. On the first Thursday of May every year is National Day of Prayer. And on the National Day of Prayer, we like to hold a prayer service as well. We do twice a year, but always on the National Day of Prayer, a prayer and healing service. That is at our faith ministry center at six o'clock. But I also want to point out too that we're going to have the sanctuary over at faith open uh, all through the day from 8 a.m. until four in the afternoon. The sanctuary at faith will be open for anybody who wants to come in and just uh, lift up prayers to the Lord in the house of the Lord. Uh, So take note of that as well, uh, leading up to our prayer and healing service a week from Thursday. And that's the announcements I have today. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to rejoice. How about you? Yeah, let's stand and rejoice. and I'll hand it over to Eliza and the band and let's sing.
1: fails and we are weak without Christ yet we continue to sin daily and not lean on the Lord Psalm 14:3 says they have all turned away all have become corrupt there is no not one who does good not even one and this is why we confess to the Lord because he is good and we are not Psalm 73:26 says my flesh and my heart may fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Let us take some time in reflection and open in silent confession to the Lord.
0: is right, we are weak in our flesh. As Paul says, the good that I want to do, I do not do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So who will save me from this body that is subject to death? I love that Paul actually answers his own question Romans chapter eight, verse one, he says, now there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Though we are deserving of God's judgment, deserving of God's eternal punishment, he has poured out that punishment and his judgment upon Christ. He was crushed, so that we could live. Christ took the punishment that brings us peace. So now there is no condemnation. If you are in Christ, then all your sins have been carried away and taken care of in the cross of Jesus. And you are forgiven, made new, set free, never to be burdened again by the guilt of your sin. It's my privilege as one of your pastors to announce God's amazing grace to you, to assure you that you are forgiven in Jesus. Amen. Now let's sing.
2: It's not much nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing
0: I know it's not much Lord, but it's all we have. Hearts that sing hallelujah to you for all that you have done we thank you for the gift of your son took away our sin he sacrificed himself on the cross for us now as we celebrate his resurrection the hope that he gives for every day of this life that we have no fear as we live with all the troubles and hardships of this life no matter what comes We have the confidence that even if our life is taken, we are still victorious in Jesus. That you will raise us again. So what else is there to say, Lord? But hallelujah, praise the Lord. Give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, amen. I invite you to have a seat and I invite the children who are here to come up for a children's message today. Come on up, guys. Sit right up here on the floor in the front. Yeah, come on up. Thanks for being the brave first one. Yes. Yeah, I know there are others. Come on up. Come on up, everyone. Okay, anyone else like me like video games? Do you like playing video games? Yeah, what what, what is a special uh, video game that you especially like to play? Mario, yes, that is definitely a good one. A favorite of a lot of people. Anybody else here? Yeah, I mean, not just the kids, but everyone, you know, Mario Brothers, yeah. Okay, anybody else? What do you like to play? Minecraft, okay, yeah. Oh, of course, Minecraft. Um, anyone like to do the car driving kind of games or motor- motorcycle driving kind of games? Yeah. Yeah, those are kind of fun. I like those too. Um, anyone for the get the gun out and shoot other people kind of games? Maybe no. Oh, good for you. All right. Here, here's what actually, what, and I'm standing up, by the way, because I want this. A lot of times children's messages are as good for the adults as for the kids. So I want everybody to be able to see me. Um, one of, the things, one of the things I love about video games is that it's a little bit of low stress. <laughs> you, you don't have to, like, you don't have to worry about if you're playing Mario Brothers and you fall down into the water or the sand or down into, like, the abyss, you know, because you, you know what I'm talking about. You don't have to worry about if one of the turtle guys gets you and you, you know, fall down, you know. You don't, you don't have to worry about whether you die. Because what happens? You hit a couple buttons and broop, you're back to life again. Isn't that great about video games? Whether you're driving a car or playing Mario Brothers or whatever. So one of my sons has a game that he likes to play. It's a motorcycle. It's, you can either race or you do like some tricks on a, on a course. And he likes to play that. And he's very reckless, which means that he... He crashes a lot, and the guy goes flying off the motorcycle. And I thought, well, that's really unfortunate. But then he pushes a button, and he's back on the motorcycle, and away he goes. You don't have to worry about whether you die. But life isn't that way, is it? Not real life. In a video game, if you die, you just come back to life right away. Uh, the next time you turn on the game, then you're you got new life. But it, that's not the way it is in real life. If you die, and you're really reckless in your car, or you're really reckless on your bike, or you're really reckless in some other way, you could die in this life. And when you die, that's for good, right? You don't come back to life. You just you're dead except <laughs> that it's not really the end of the story is it because we actually as christians those who believe in jesus believe that just as jesus rose from the dead on easter then death is not the end of the story we get to live again and the game of life will continue on after the resurrection jesus is going to come back at the end of time and after we have died in this life, he will raise us again. That's what, actually what we celebrate at Easter. That's why Easter is so important for us. Because in real life, we don't just get a, a new life. We get new life in this life because Jesus gives it to us. And he will raise us up when we die. That's a great gift that God gives us. And it's, it's, a, it's a great confidence that we can have. We can live life without fear, just like We can play a game without fear because we know that Jesus is going to raise us again. Hallelujah, right? That's going to be amazing that Jesus raises us again. Amen to that, exactly. Will you fold your hands with me and pray? Dear Jesus, you repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you give us life Even after we die, you will raise us again. And that is so much better than any game. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. You can go back to your seats. Thank you so very much for coming up here. So good to see you all. And now we'll, we'll turn to hearing from the word of God today. And first, this is in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 is often called the, the great resurrection chapter. This is a portion of what Paul says in that chapter. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead... but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now for the reading of the gospel, I invite you to stand. The gospel today we hear from Luke chapter 24. Now that same day, this is Easter day They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things he asked? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us as we talked as he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the gospel of our Lord. Now we join together in a statement of faith. This will be spoken responsively to the words that are on the screen for you. The incredible wisdom of God has been revealed. Rulers and authorities in heavenly realms now know of his marvelous plan. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for our sin. His body was pierced. His blood was shed as the perfect sacrificial lamb. After he died the death of a man, his lifeless body was placed in a tomb. He was wrapped in linens and spices, and a large stone sealed him in darkness. But God broke the darkness with the light of life. On the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. Resurrection power surged through every part of his being. He became the risen Christ, conqueror of sin and death the firstborn from the dead, that we too might taste the power of light and life. He who rose now sits at the right hand of the Father. The risen one is the ascended Christ, the high priest of heaven and head of the church, his body. We declare that today we as his church are his blood bought bride, that we are his people, a royal priesthood, a new and holy nation in his sight. He will come again for us, that we might be where he is. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, who was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. You may be seated. So, you may not know this, but every Wednesday through our school year, one of our pastors spends some time uh, with some of our uh, young students around grades five through eight um, in a session we just call Ask the Pastor. So, last week it was Pastor Adam, this week it's me, and next week it'll be Pastor Dan. Sometimes we have a theme and we allow questions around that theme. Sometimes we just open it up and we allow the kids to ask whatever they want. Any question that they've been wrestling with, whatever comes to mind, I have to tell you, this is a little bit dangerous. Just ask whatever you want because they will ask whatever they want. Like one of the kids asked me recently, Does God love Satan? Yeah, think about that one. That kind of took me aback for a minute. And then I just said, you know, Pastor Dan has been around way longer than I have. (laughs) You should just ask him. (laughs) No, I didn't actually really say that. It's just a joke. I I answered the question as best I could. I don't know. We've done this in other settings too, uh, this Ask the Pastor. Um, We've done a Facebook Live. We actually have done this in worship where we put a phone number out there and you can text uh, questions and then we get them and talk about them instead of a sermon. Maybe we should do that sometime again, just let you ask whatever question. You know, in, in all the times that I've done this, just open it up for anybody to ask whatever question you want to know what the most popular question is? What I get almost every time. You want to know the most popular question? What happens when you die? What happens when you die? I mean, and this actually is the question of life, isn't it? Because everybody at some point experiences death. And it is a question that can be answered in a lot of different ways. And so people are asking that question, what happens when you die? And I tell the kids that as Christians, we have a different way of answering that question than anybody else. We'll answer that question unlike anybody else as Christians. Now, what seems increasingly popular today is that um, it's just to see death as a part of the circle of life you know you live, you die, and then you are no more and so you know if you if there's an afterlife, you know really the only afterlife is that you'll live on in the memories of people who are still here and then your body just returns to the earth to nurture the earth. You know what has becoming popular now to think about human composting. You heard about this? Human composting. Rather than being buried in a casket, rather than being cremated. This is now legal in 4 states in the US and two more have passed laws and it'll soon be legal in two more states. It's coming. Human composting. So you, you don't need your body anymore. So you might as well just let the your body be nutrients for continuing to bless the earth. Now I don't think there's necessarily something wrong with composting necessarily. It's just that usually when someone is talking about that, they are rejecting. The Christian view of resurrection, which I'm going to come back to in a minute. Now, most people, when you ask them what happens when you die, the idea is that, yes, I'm going to leave this physical world behind, and I'm just going to ascend up to heaven. Now, that might be different for different religions. It might be something called nirvana, or your spirit might just sort of... uh, join up with all the other spirits of the universe out there somewhere, you might go to heaven. That's the afterlife, but it's an out-of-body experience. You leave this physical world behind and you're just a spirit. Now that's not all wrong. As Christians, I believe the Bible tells us that we are body and soul and that when We die, our bodies are left here, that our souls are with Jesus at rest in heaven. But that's not the end of the story. That's not the full story. It's part of the story, but not the full story. The focus of the Bible is not just leaving the physical earth and going up to heaven somewhere. The focus of the Bible is resurrection, I mean, just look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. They testify about how Jesus Christ came, God himself came to the earth and was incarnate. That was, means in the flesh. Now, Jesus would not have to come in the flesh if there was no need for saving our flesh and blood. He could just come as a spirit and rescue us from this physical life. There would be no need, but because we are flesh and blood and God made us to be that way and a very big part of our existence is a physical body, Christ came in a physical body to live and to suffer in that physical body and lay down his life as a human being. And then you read the gospels and what is Jesus doing in his ministry besides teaching? all kinds of miracles, healing people of their diseases and afflictions. Why does Jesus need to heal people of their afflictions physically if our bodies are just worth nothing and just to be left behind at the end of life? No, Jesus came to heal, not just to show his divine power, but as a preview of what's to come. And the preview is that we will be fully restored someday. And so he came to restore people from their illnesses and afflictions as a preview of what is to come. That was his promise. That is actually, speaking of Christ's promise, I love John 6. John 6, three times, tells us Jesus told his disciples, I will raise you up at the last day. I will raise you up at the last day. Now, remember the story of Lazarus in John 11? There's another one too. Where Jesus goes to the grave of a friend, Lazarus, who has been dead for four days. And he says to Lazarus, come out. He calls him out of the grave. and He physically rises from the dead. And in the Gospels, the whole climax of the story is, the, is Jesus' death and resurrection. That's the, the whole story is building up to that point of the resurrection of the dead. So when Jesus rose on Easter, it wasn't just that he was walking around as a ghost. They weren't just seeing a vision or a spirit of Jesus. They saw Jesus in the flesh. Remember last week, we were talking about John chapter 20 and doubting Thomas. The story was doubting Thomas. Uh, you know, unless I put my fingers in the nail marks, unless I put my hand into his side, I'm not gonna believe it. Jesus shows up and he says, yeah, put your fingers right here and where the nails were. Put your hand in my side. Right? He doesn't do that to someone who's just a spirit. It's physically, flesh and blood right there. Now, we could say the same thing about the ministry of St. Paul and the other apostles that is marked by an emphasis on the resurrection of the body. There's a point when Paul was traveling all over the Mediterranean world and he's landed in Greece in the city of Athens. And Paul says to the people there, God has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. Then listen to what Paul says. God has given proof of this by raising him from the dead. And then here's what Acts 17.32 says. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. We want to hear you again on this subject. And the subject is the resurrection of the dead. This is what marked Paul's preaching. was Jesus Christ was physically dead and he physically rose from the dead. And some people thought that was absolutely crazy. And other people thought, we have never heard anything like this before. And they wanted to hear more. This is what marks the distinction of our Christian faith from all other religions in the world. Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, they're not talking about the resurrection of, from the dead. But that's what our faith is all about as Christians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse three, Paul says, what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, this is, the, this is the centerpiece. This is the most important thing, that Christ died for our sins and that on the third day he was raised. That is it. We can get a lot of other things wrong, but this we have to get right. Christ died for our sins and he was raised on the third day. And again, not just as a ghost, but as, as a physical resurrected Miraculous being. When we confess the creed, what do we say in the creed? I believe in the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. You say it with me. The resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. That's right. We say it because it is the testimony of the Bible. We say it because this is what Uh, what we believe, that Jesus rose from the dead. And that means that we also will rise, not just in spirit, but in the body. Again, just as Jesus said, I will raise you up at the last day. So let's, let's look at the reading we had today from 1 Corinthians 15, okay? We'll just focus on this for a minute. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, What does Paul say? Our preaching is useless. I might as well just quit my job and walk away. It is absolutely useless if Christ has not been raised. And so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost; Those who have died in faith in Christ are lost if Jesus did not rise from the dead. But this is the focal point of this chapter, 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, two things I want to focus on in this verse. Number one, notice the word first fruits. First means there will be more. If my wife has had only one child, I don't call that child my firstborn because that child would be my only born. Now, if I say firstborn, that means there are others also. In my case, there are three others. You have four in our family. When Jesus is called the firstfruits, it means that there are others also. He is not the only one to rise from the dead. And he has promised that all those who believe in him will also rise. This is a physical, miraculous rising again from the dead. And here's the big difference this makes. And this is the second point on this verse. Notice it says, He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I think this is an important expression, fallen asleep. You know, when you go to bed at night, you might have some anxiety about having bad dreams or being restless or something at night. But you usually don't fear that you're not gonna wake up in the morning, right? You fully expect that when you lay down, you go to sleep, then in the morning, whether it's by your alarm clock or the sun shining in the window or just your natural body clock says, wake up and you wake up. No fear when you go to sleep. The Bible talks about death as if it's just the same. No reason to fear. You can lay your head down in death, fully expecting that a new day will come and you will wake up. Just as Jesus said to Lazarus, come out, wake up. He will say to each of us, wake up in that new day. So even if you have uh, confrontation with people in this world, stress in this world, even if there is persecution that comes against you in this world, even if people hate you and kill you in this world, there is nothing to fear. Whatever you're battling, what's the worst that can happen? going to kill you? Guess what? <laughs> Jesus is going to raise you again. So no worry. Last month, I was, I, was, I was privileged to walk alongside of a man who was suffering from pulmonary fibrosis And as he was in the last days of his life, it was very difficult for him to breathe. Uh, He was bedridden. And we, his family and I, watched day by day as his body started to shut down. There's one day in particular, right about a week before he passed away, when He was, they had actually moved him from a facility back home where he could spend the last days at home. And he, um, in the transition, was not comfortable and very restless. And his family asked me to come in, and I I did, and we prayed together. And I just, I, I laid my hands on his shoulder, and I just, I prayed that the Lord would give. Him, peace. Take away anxiety. To take away the discomfort. And to give him the confidence that, whenever the last hour came, he would be able to close his eyes with the certainty that he would open his eyes and see Jesus. And there was not a moment. In the last week of his life his family said he was ever anxious again we talked about the resurrection we talked about how he could have confidence in Jesus words I will raise you up and confidence in those words of Job that said I know that my Redeemer lives in the end even after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. with My own eyes. It's the resurrection. And that peace that comes is our Christian faith that takes hold of the assurance that death does not win. It's defeated. And I can lay down in my last day my last minute in this life with the confidence that I will wake up in Jesus. Amen. As our band comes up to lead us in our next song, let me just say a word of thanks to all of you who give for the work of supporting faith and the work of sharing that gospel and a central message of resurrection from the dead that Christ has given to us. Uh, Thank you for all your support. Now let's sing the Father's deep and abiding love for us.
1: love for us, how oh, vast beyond all measure, that he
2: His death
0: Absolutely nothing in this world, Lord, in which we can boast except in Christ's death and resurrection. God, I pray today that you would give us such confidence in the resurrection that it would remove all fear. Of life, of struggle, and the fear of death. Christ came to bear our sin, to live in our flesh, to die, to take away the power of Him who held the power of death, that is the devil, and to free us, who all our lives were held captive, slavery to our fear of death. So, Lord, in the resurrection of Christ, help us to have the confidence that we too will rise and so fear nothing, whatever comes our way. God, we lift up to you all those who are especially hurting in this life, that you would give them that faith and confidence to face all that is in front of them. We pray for those who are battling cancer and going through the treatments that come with that, including Jennifer Klein and Barb Smith and Shirley Stevens. We pray for those who have been hospitalized, including Donna Mueller. We pray for Angie Knutson as she's recovering from back surgery, praying, Lord, that with each day and each breath, you would give these, your children, the strength that they need, the endurance and the and the peace that they need, the patience and recovery. God, we lift up to you their needs and the needs of all those others we name before you, whose names are not spoken aloud, but who are very much known by you and named in our thoughts. God, we also celebrate with those special gifts which you give, which are a glimpse, just a small foretaste of the glory to be revealed in in us at the last day, the new birth and baptisms and those who are joined together in marriage and experiencing the joys of new adventures and new life. God, we pray that you would bless, especially Nick and Heidi Hess as they celebrate the birth of their third child, Gwen. We also celebrate with Torrance Gilbert who will be baptized at our late service this weekend. All these prayers we lift up to you, Lord, and we trust that you hear us for Christ's sake, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. And all God's people say, amen.
1: Let's sing this last song, House of the Lord, and it really talks about the joy that we find in the Lord. So sing your heart out.
2: He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Does the church have joy? Let's sing it out. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds a victory. There's praise in the house today.